Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And I'm Christina. Say by D. <laughs> Say, Say by, by D, D, Ira. Say by D, which is hello in Laos. And that's a special shout out oh. to all of our Laotian listeners. This is going nowhere. <laughs> How's everybody doing? How's your week, Christina? Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. This what? is actually spring break for me, so it's going to be an amazing week. Every week is spring break for mm-hmm. Ira. Ira, what'd you do this week? Nothing. It was spring break. <laughs> you weren't like going out and uh, co- like combing the high schools for a, a new date. Well, that was last week. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So this week it's elementary schools. Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> oh dear. Um. So this week we're going to be reviewing. Oh, what are we reviewing? What? Oh, are, what a, are we reviewing? A fantastic reviewing? woman. A fantastic woman. Yes. Yes. And and the and pronunciation of the. Actual title? The I've got that. Oh, do you? You think you can call me on that? Yeah. I'm ready for that. You ready? It's it's Una Majeure Fantastica. <laughs> I love fucking with you. <laughs> uh, uh, Is it uh, Jour yeah. or Hair? Uh, 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 yeah. Una Majeure Fantastica. I think okay. it's Mujer, but all right. No, well, I've got it right here. I know there's a J in it, but I don't think it's Mujer. Yeah, like whatever. Mujer. Right. There, yeah. there could be a Chilean pronunciation difference. I think you oh. might be right. Yeah. And then our top five this week is what? May December romances. May December romances. romances. Yes. All right. So, in, in case anyone doesn't know what that is, that's an old person and a young person. <laughs> There's together. some sort of age difference. Right. It's an old expression, isn't it? You yeah, know, it I is. was thinking about it when you suggested it because I've heard you say May December romances before. I, I think it's Chaucer. Is it Chaucer? Really? I think it, it dates back to Chaucer. When did you first hear that, Ira? Well, when I was first drawn to older women when I was like 11. So you, that was when I heard the phrase. Do you remember could, hearing the phrase? I remember being confused by it. It's, it's see, an odd... I remember being confused yes. by it and making a concerted effort I to learn what so it meant. I know you so well. I knew that it was a thing that would probably confuse you for a minute and once you got it, you would not let it go. You know me. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. 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 And it, it does kind of make sense. Chaucer, huh? Yeah, I think it goes Are you looking it up right I, now? Yeah, I'm looking it up, but I'm pretty... Uh, I think Joey's got your beat. She yeah, says, go, Joey. You're faster than me. Uh, where, where do you see that? Where? From where do you the age-old tradition of personifying the seasons of the year, especially in visual and performing arts. May, the springtime, a fresh young thing. December, winter, old and weary. Oh. Basias? Basiaras? That's why it's... That makes sense. Yeah. Springtime, oh, yeah. yeah, spring. and then the end that? of the year where we get all shriveled up, yeah, and wrinkly. What did you think it meant? I didn't know why those two months were picked for that May December, right? But I think yeah, Chaucer, springtime Chaucer is... refers to it in one of his January and a lovely young girl called May. Yeah, huh? Yeah, January May even more of an age difference, possibly. Yeah. Well, it depends. Wait, how you January do the... May? January May depends how no, the... he's older. It... He's older. So I think it's like January is the beginning of the year too, though. Right. Well, it depends how you whether it's the next January or oh. the how about January just May before. May. I was I, some of mine were like May, maybe September. <laughs> I was like, or is it May, like July? And then I had confusion about the romance and relationship, which you guys yeah. seem to define differently yeah. than me. I'll help you on that. We'll talk about that when we get there. A lot of movies with May December romance, which is interesting. I know I'm I'm jumping ahead on that, but I just want to say that it's interesting that there are so many. That it's almost like a semi-taboo that would make people flock to see a film. Um, a lot of movies. About I have a feeling December. we're going to overlap a lot when we get there. Do you? Yeah. I, I well. I went out of my way to not. Overlap I went out of my way to not overlap as well. We're going to overlap just, on our non-overlapping. <laughs> I, I I don't know you guys as well, but I definitely avoided one because I was yeah. pretty confident Robert was going to have him on, well, have it on his list. Uh, but I could hmm, be wrong. Hmm. We'll find out. It's, oh, I know which one. 
I do. I know which one you're talking about. Harold and Maude. Yeah, no, no, knows. no. And I made Harold a concerted effort to not include uh, that. All right. Northern, but, but I think I, yeah. I bet we're we'll jumping see. ahead. We'll see. I we'll bet see. you have, I, oh. you have, if you have the professional on your list, because I thought, well, is that a romance? And here I want to ask. I'm well, off on I it. guess we'll talk about you it know, when I have it on my list. That's your way of showing <laughs> Because it is a love story. And you don't well, have to have sex. Are we going to just go with the top right now? Okay, okay. All right. All right. Well, since nobody asked me this week, oh, yeah, Robert. I, uh, yeah, whatever. Okay. I've been Did doing, something happen? I've been doing a lot of projects around the house. I built these lights. I oh, s- you put up the lights. They look great. Yeah, I put up the lights there. <laughs> they oh. look really nice. I and, like them. Uh, I like what you chose. Wired them in and everything. Industrial oh. yet chic. Thank you. I like the brass. Yeah. And then Joey, you, were you involved? Uh, in well, the she choice? selected the yes. choice. Yeah, nice. And then we got the Looks little uh, Edison bulbs going. And then over here, you can't really see it, but I, I hung. There's a picture that we hung. Uh, for all those, this is a great podcast because no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about. This whole, uh, this whole loft space is, it actually doesn't have enough places to put artwork. And it, there are two giant Mad Max posters in here that are taking up most of the real estate for artwork. And so, uh, when producer Joey moved in, she had a really big painting that needed to be hung. So we hung it in kind of from the ceiling. And we I think it's, some... it's, it, I haven't seen. I, I need to look at it yeah. on the way out. It's a Dr. Seuss painting. Oh, how nice! Yeah. Mm. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, you could always hang stuff in front of the windows, maybe. <laughs> well, she used to have that at her old place. Did it, you? Yeah, it was hanging oh, in front of like these sliding glass doors. But I'd bonk my head on it every once in a while. No. You are turning your loft into a home. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, nice. that's why I got to do more of these like mad scientist. You know, anarchist. Yeah, yeah. Making a bomb in the back. Uh, I knew projects. it. I knew it. Why are you giving me that look, producer Joy? Yeah, maybe I want to make a bomb. All right. Well, uh, hey, let's kick it off with some uh, real or unreal. What do you say? You want to? Oh, we're going to start with that. Why not? Wow. Sure. Producer Joey. All right. Hey, I, I, I Christina, like you want to like, read it? Uh, sure. All right. Why don't you read? I think it's your turn. Now, I, are there four? There are four. All right. Yeah, there should be four. And of the four. Okay, so real quickly, in case anyone's listening and hasn't heard this game yet, so here's how Real Unreal works. Uh, Christina is going to read four films, and uh, and one of these is not real. Is that right? That's how I'm, I always I, get, I got I, I got confused I, I do last too. week. I do too. No, no, I was no. listening to myself last week, and I went, "I make no sense because I, I was you I actually, was identifying the one that I, I knew was real. I know. I, right. I, I fucked it up. That's all right. One is fake." One's fake. Yeah. And the okay, other one is three fake. Are real. Okay. The other real three are real. And by the way, how do we spell real? R E E L. You don't have dear. to explain it. <laughs> I'm proud of that. All right. Okay, here. Are you guys ready? Yes. Great. Uh, a tiger's tale. A young man falls for his girlfriend's mother. Directed by Peter Douglas. A young what? man falls for his. What was it? Girlfriend's mother. Girlfriend's mother. All right. A little May December romance. That's right, right. My hero. A young girl is saved by a fireman as a child. Years later, she visits her college boyfriend's family and discovers her hero is her boyfriend's father. Oh, there's a theme. Directed by Timothy Cassidy. Yeah, she, there's, there's, Joey's this no is great. She jo- jo- Joey's Joey, you're, you're coupling awesome. our five with the, yeah, go ahead. P.S. An unfulfilled divorced woman gets the chance to relive her past when she meets a young man who appears to be her high school sweetheart who died many years before. Directed by Dylan Kidd. And finally, 40 Carats. A 40-year-old woman who is vacationing in Greece meets a 22-year-old who is also on vacation. They spend the night together, and she leaves him while he was sleeping. 
She then returns to New York, and she is stunned to learn that her one-night stand is her daughter's boyfriend. Directed by Milton Caselas. Now, is 40 carats C-A-R or K-A-R? It is C-A-R-A-T. So, like, carats diamond. Like, 40 Wait, carats. Wait, no, that's, that's K. With the C. Isn't no, it K? K. K. It's a C. Is it a C? Carrot, I think diamond carrots are a C. I think C. carrot of a, of a gem is it's, also a it's C. It's not with the O, but like it's the, the carrot, it's, like but the vegetable. But it's four Ks, but then the C, that's right. So it's the four Ks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, don't they say that, the, or the four Cs? It's a four, it's a, it's a four Cs. When you're... Carrot, it's like clarity. Cut. Cut, and some other stuff. Yeah, okay. I thought carrot was with a K. Like 24... Maybe where you, where you 24 were shopping. 24K? 24 carat gold? <laughs> oh, yeah. For for gold, I That's think That's what I was talking about. For gold, I think it's different, but I think for diamonds, it's with this... But, I, I mean, I could be okay. totally wrong. All right. Are th- let's, let's focus on that. Let's focus but on the But it's not about rabbits and it is eating not about, vegetables. It's but, not about uh, vegetables. Okay, right. It is definitely... I assume it's about valuable things. Okay. <clears throat> um, our task let's talk is to out. identify the yes. fake... Identify the fake. What the is fake. not real? Tiger's tail? I to me the first one feels My hero real because it's so shitty. It's so short. Yeah. It well, you know what though? Because I mentioned that yesterday. Uh-huh. Joey so you gotta get in the mind of the writer. Uh, yeah. And I think she might purposely write something shitty. Because I mentioned that last week saying she'd never write something that shitty. So now she might come up with something purposely shitty and short. Honestly, I believe that all of these could be real. So I'm having a hard time deciding what would not be real. I'm going to go with the first one. Okay, I'm going with you. Okay. Except I think we're wrong again. (laughs) Well, if I jump on board with the same selection, I I was going to go with the last. What's the fourth one? uh, 40 carats. Mm. I'm going to go with... It's real. Ooh, I think I just... By the way, Joey just handed me something, and it is K for gold, and it's C C for... C for diamonds. Yeah, there you Mm -hmm. go. Um, I'm actually going to go with My Hero because I really like the sound of that movie. I think it just sounds good. I'm going to go for My Hero. Was, was My the, Hero what the was second the first one? one? So the that's one with a fireman. She's saved by a fireman and it turns out to be her boyfriend's father. First one, A Tiger's Tale, A Young Man Falls for His Girlfriend's Mother. Directed by Peter Douglas. Tiger's Tale. How's tail spelled? T-A-L-E? T-A-L-E. I think yeah. it's a good bet. I'm just going to go for something I'm going to go Tiger's Tail. Yeah. Are you doing that? I'm going to do My Hero. You're just doing My I, Hero? I like the sound of it. You're going to go with My Hero. Robert, mm-hmm. I'm on board with you. All right, mm-hmm. Tiger's Tail. Tail. All right, producer Tail. Joey, which one is Let's it? Let's go. And the reveal is? My Hero. Woo! My Hero. Wow, two for three, right? You're, two, for, is... two for yeah, two for three. Nicely done. I really like Those the are good, man. They are good. Producer Joey, you're good at this. Producer Joey, you're writing some. You're writing ones that I actually want to see. Like, I want to see My Hero. That sounds perfect. Make an indie. It's perfect. <laughs> Remember my local hero? I love that movie. That's a cute film. I love that film. Okay. Which one was that? Local hero. Which one was that? Uh, it was with uh, uh, Burt Lancaster was in it. And it's a, uh, what was that shot in Wales? Or was it, it was all about the oil, yes. conglomerate oil industry and the young man. I think goes, it was Wales. Had great music also throughout the whole film. It's a nice little gem of a film called Local Hero. Yeah, it's hmm. a good one. Okay. Oh, and Margaret. Oh, I had a thing for her. Oh. And Margaret was hot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It, who else was hot and, from back and in the Margaret. day? I got to tell you something. So many the people. opening and closing credits of Bye Bye Birdie, when she's on a treadmill, you know what I mean, right? Producer Joey's nodding. And she just like, that whole attitude and the, the tre- just pulling away from the camera. Was that better than wow. the opening of Barbarella? Nothing's better than that. <laughs> oh, dear. She was hot. Oh, man. It, it, 
I was watching a so I was watching a documentary this week. Uh, Five came back. Have you seen Five Came Back? I haven't. I'm not. I'm not trying to get into week in review quite yet, but it's about these the filmmakers um, who were very prominent in the 1930s and 40s who went to World War II to film what was going on, and oh, cool. it's John Huston and um, uh, Frank Capra and like these five very you know well known Oscar winning directors who went off, and they were showing clips of their work, and they showed Olivia de Havilland and. You know, I've talked about her so much in this podcast because she's still fucking alive and it blows my mind that she's still alive. Mm. And, you know, they talked about how she was saved by Errol Flynn and stuff like that. And I'm going, she was a babe. She was really hot. But that was 80-something years ago. (laughs) She won't die. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Good on her. Mm -hmm. Still kicking. What does she look like now? She's just, I mean... Slightly older. If she... (laughs) If she was a 10, now she's a 9. Mm. You know? That's good. Is she single? <laughs> <laughs> you wanting all that Olivia de Havilland money? <sighs> all right. Well, uh, maybe we should get into Week in Review. Week in Review. And you know what? Christina and Robert, I just want to say that I, I just want to say that summer old and summer new, we now present the Week in Review. Mm. Uh, Ira, what would you see this week? I'm going to go first, huh? Go ahead. Well, first of all, I'm going to... I did my homework. And I'm curious to see if Christina did. If you oh, happen to watch dear. that Black Mirror episode, no, we've been Christina wanting. All right, all right. Oh, man. No, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. You don't let her escape that easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do There's you have to say for yourself, guilt. lady? Every time I walk out of here, my brain just wipes clean ah. <laughs> about everything about the podcast. I Traumatic wish... experiences, I say, just shut it down. Wow. Shut it down. Don't think again. Let's start with all the racist <laughs> jokes now, Ira. We don't have to worry about it. She'll forget in no time. Remember. Um, I did see a film called The Babysitters. Now, we spoke about this oh, wait, before. We, no, I, want, this? I have a reason for talking to you about this. Right, right. 2007, it's an indie drama. Uh, John, Le, how do you say his last name? Le Guisiano? Le, Le Guis, you know who he is. I mean. Yes, John. Leguiziano? It's a standard babysitter. Leguiama? Leguiama. Leguiama. And um, it's, it becomes quite maudlin and cliche in the whole second half of the film. But the reason it stands out is because that there's a piece of music in that film that was also in 30 Love, uh, Ping Pong. It's a song about ping pong uh, done by that Australian group. Operator, please, mm-hmm. I think was the name of it. So I watched that movie a second time and, um, and watched that for what it's worth. It's but a good movie. It is actually, it is good, but I found the last third to be getting a little bit, okay, trite. But it, it certainly held my interest. Now, talking about doing my homework, number one, I saw the full Monty. Thank oh, you. Oh, was that Thank so you. fun? It's the first time I've seen that film, oh, 1997, so British comedy. And talk about heart. Talk about heart. It was just a really good, solid, feel-good movie. So and happy. I found myself just smiling. Yeah. How can you not smile when you watch that film? It's so great. I had never seen it, and thank you for turning me on to it. Yay. Do you know, okay, we've talked before about how many films you've watched since starting this podcast. Yeah. I mean, you, you're no slouch, and you've written films before, right? right I mean, you, right. you wrote Lucky 13, you've written other films that... Uh, some have sold and maybe not been made. I mean, you're you're you've been involved in the film industry for a number of years, but uh, w- did you watch a lot of films? Maybe not at the theater, but did you watch films at home? Did you rent films like throughout the '80s and '90s very much? And I feel like I think you acknowledged this last week that I went through a slump in the '60s and '70s. Yes. I went to see lots of movies. Yeah, I was very movie hip, and that's why a lot of my references I think are '60s and, that's fine, and '70s. Yeah. Well, and it's then, also it, those good. are those yeah. are years that are very impactful on you right i think i, I think was we're the all age, kind of right 
influenced right. by the decades in which we we watch films. Right. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say that after that, especially when I got the full time teaching gig and with speech and debate and weekend tournaments and all that, that I did pull back from going to movies. And then when I reconnected with you, Robert, eight nine years ago, I found myself going to more movies. You made me more aware. And then we started doing this podcast. Obviously, look how you've been turning me on to stuff. And and I I thank you for that. But did you did you rent movies very often, like in the eighties, nineties? I mean, there wasn't streaming services, so it had to be right. Rentals. So I have my Blu-ray collection, but not to the extent that I'm doing it now. Uh. Not to the extent that I'm certainly watching movies in the last few years, hmm. in large part due to you. Thanks, bud. Thank you. Aww. I love the full Monty. Thank you we for turning me on to that. Now here's that Robert. Sweet, where I try, I always remember the sending Robert a text late at night. I want to turn you <laughs> on to somebody, Darren Brown. And I love the way you so cavalier said, "Oh yeah, Joey and I, we're real familiar. We've watched all of his things on YouTube." Um, we already spoke about the movie The Push, The Push, and an incredible documentary. And again, he's a British mentalist, mm-hmm. uh, but much more than that, beyond the magic tricks, uh, understanding the human psyche, and so on. Yeah, I watched, very, like into psychology. Yes, it? yes. I watched The Apocalypse Parts 1 and 2. That was mm. fucked up. Yeah. That was fucked up. Do you want to tell us what happens? What happens is he, he finds this, and again, it's a documentary, and he finds in, in England this ne'er-do-well, this guy who's not connected. He lives at home with his family. He's not working. Basically the English version of Ira. Right, right. <laughs> Got it. He's, he's not working. He has no social interaction. He doesn't care for his mom and dad. He's kind of just a loaf. And just a, a piece of jello of a human being. Aloof, aloof. A he's a loaf of bread. <laughs> he's no wonder. He's a loaf of bread and he's aloof. Darren Brown convinces him through all these intricate plot devices that there is indeed an apocalypse. And as you know, it starts out where he takes over his cell phone, this computer, right. and the news broadcasts are all pre-programmed and, and piped into his his media devices. And then it gets bigger and bigger when he sees he's in a bus. He sees, he's convinced, as anybody would be, with what he's seeing when he's traveling in a bus, when he sees firebombs, explosions, and then the mutants, the zombies all over the place. He believes it. He's sold on this thing. And the whole thing and is... And this a, is, this is a, a real prank. Yes. It's not... This no, is not it's not a not fiction. It's real, real. Yeah. And at the end, it works when he finds out that he... he that the whole thing was a sham and he embraces his mom and dad. And I'm just, I think I, Darren Brown keeps acknowledging that there were therapists watching him to make sure he doesn't go over the deep end. Yeah. But what a, what a fucked up thing to do to a human being. I did have that reaction, but I think you liked it a lot. I love it. I, I've seen your expression, Robert. It is Robert. fucked up, but it's it is also, fucked up. I mean, he is but trying to do it for a reason. He does pick the guy because right, he says, right. like, this is someone who won't, he's not proactive. He's never had an opportunity to be a hero or be good or, or be strong. What do you think about that, Christina? Does that cross an ethical line for you? I think... Do you have ethical lines? I, that's excellent question. <laughs> excellent question. I No, I think... I mean, I think it depends. My my, my ethical lines are flexible. <laughs> Aren't ethics supposed Wait, to not be ethics, flexible? How can lines be flexible? That's very funny. This, my line is flexible. It can move. <laughs> Depending on the situation? Yes. Right. Anyway, Darren Brown, Google this guy. Hey, the, the documentary is a two-parter. It's a TV special in England. It's streaming free on YouTube. There's another one that he did called The Assassin. And I actually watched it this week. I had not seen it. And he hypnotizes a guy. I guess the the... the 
the standing thought about hypnotism is that when you hypnotize someone, they won't do something that they're not comfortable with. Right. He hypnotizes a guy and convinces him to assassinate Stephen Fry, you know, the English mm. like comedian. And um, obviously Stephen Fry is in on it and they control it in a situation in a way that makes it safe. But uh, the guy is hypnotized and he assassinates Stephen Fry. And uh, Stephen Fry wears like this vest that makes it look like blood comes out and everything. And when they do the interview afterwards, he has no idea what's going on. He's just like, what? Uh, I oh, did. He, he had no idea. And they have to show him video footage of him doing it. And he's like, so much for that cliche of people under hypnotized only do what they would normally do. That's well, not necessarily Sirhan, true. Sirhan though. said that when, when he killed Bobby Kennedy, he was always saying that he didn't, he didn't even remember doing it. And he says there was, there was a woman with a, a polka dot dress who came up and pinched him on the shoulder right beforehand. And he remembers that, but he doesn't remember anything afterward. Hmm. Isn't that wow. nuts? Yeah. And, yeah. and basically, Darren Brown used that, and he was trying to say, like, the, the CIA really investigated a lot of this stuff. And it could very well be that maybe he was assassinated through Sirhan Sirhan. Hmm. Wow. And it was, it's really a fascinating look into the psychology of human beings. It's really incredible. We're Darren all real Brown. Crazy. Darren Brown. So Google him and uh, look at some of his free stuff on, on YouTube yeah. and the movie The Push, which is on Netflix streaming. Right. Christina, what did you it. see this week? This was a, a quiet week for me, but I, you know, I, one thing I realized I never talk about in uh, at this in this podcast is that I teach a film history class. Uh. So I'm actually seeing a film every week for that, or at least parts of films. So we, it was a very fun. It was raining this week, and it was film noir time. So uh. we watched Sunset Boulevard yeah, from 1952. Go. Uh. So good, and especially on a rainy day, it was just. It was, it was moody. It was awesome. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. I need to go back and rewatch it. It is so good. And it's it's so interesting, not only because it's such a well-written and well-directed, it's Billy Wilder, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's such a well-written um, film noir and also well-directed. But also, um, it's kind of an interesting insight into the studio system of that period um, and sort of how writers worked and, how, you know, you watch a writer pitch and how they sort of break a story idea and what the reader system is. So it's kind of, and they it's shot, you know, it's on Paramount. And so it's really kind of neat to kind of see how it, what it feels like and what hmm. that world was like. And they show Schwab's, like, even if it's not the real Schwab's, it's still like a little bit about of that lifestyle. Where you would go to get discovered well, sucking you, down a milkshake But it's or really, it's more about the, you know, he's a writer, his friend is an AD, you know, so or an assistant director. So it's about like the people who make the movies, but not not the talent. Right. So you know what I mean. It's sort of the people behind the movies. So it's just a really, um, it's a sort of a lovely, sort of a, it's a bit of it's a, a love letter. To it is a bit of a Valentine, yeah, yeah, but in a dark way. It's a dark Valentine. Yeah. It's a, and it's also a lot about silent film and you know the main character and who's lived past. And it turned out I did a little research in it. Super autobiographical. So the character in Sunset Boulevard is this aging silent film star um, who right. has um, sort of moved past her days and been forgotten but she doesn't think she's been forgotten turns out it really is based on gloria swanson's career hmm. cecily really? demille is actually plays himself in the film he really did work with her and discover her like it's really kind of strangely and like there's a um there's another character who's a hollywood who's a german director who became an actor who also worked with her so it's like it's a strange it's both like real and unreal in a way I didn't know this. I didn't know that it was real semi and unreal. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah, no, but it's really interesting when you start to research. And I was like, wow, this is kind of spooky. Anyway, so it's it, it there's a there's a germ of truth in it, huh? Which is intriguing. Nice, um, Robert. What have I you, watched. What have you seen this week. Joey and I uh, decided we were 
we were going to watch all the Alien movies. Oh, all right. So we kind of either had them playing on in the background or, or <laughs> actively watching a couple of them. And we did. We watched all the Alien movies. And as I was watching them, I started to realize, you know, I think this is the first time I've actually rewatched a film that we've seen on the podcast, which was Alien Covenant. Covenant. And uh, it, it, those movies really fit the, the, the what am I trying to say? The, not the genre, but the... The template. Yes, thank you. Like the they they matched the franchise of the Alien movies, and I really uh, I forgot how bad Alien Alien Resurrection was. Man, that basketball scene's awful. All right, we also watched Predator. That's that's where I started dozing off. But last night we uh, we we watched the Last Boy Scout. Have you seen the Last Boy Scout? I haven't. No. It's a it's a Bruce Willis movie. And it's uh, have you seen the Last Boy Scout I don't with think so. Damon Wayans? And it's kind of this missing, um, it's like a it's like a secret Die Hard movie huh. that if you like Die Hard, this like fits Die in. Hard. It's written by this. It's written by Shane Black, and Shane Black is the guy who wrote Lethal Weapon. So uh, it's kind of got that snappy dialogue, and Bruce Willis is such a sarcastic asshole in it. Uh, he's he's maybe a little bit more mean than his than John McClane in the Die Hard series, but he has that same kind of dry wit and always something smart-ass to say. And it's a good movie. Sounds I good. Know, I really like it. I don't know how much Joey liked it. But... No, she said she, she liked, liked it. it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I checked out. Nice. All right. We can review. Hey, who died this week? Gotta tell you. Unfortunately, we must. <sighs> the following people have turned to dust. We've lost the Did following people. Did you just people. do Christina sigh in the middle of that? Yeah, I know. That was really <sighs> artistic. It was. I, I, I found the. You're so empathetic. I'm so <laughs> sad that people. all these people are dead. Either that or you're sigh. Or so like bored silly hearing me read my no. little ditty. It was one or the other. I'm not sure which. <laughs> to be revealed. We lost the following people. Mike McDonald, only 63-year-old, a, a Canadian comedian and actor. Uh, but he was in a few films. Um, he was in Screwballs too. He had a heart complications. I want to mention someone. Frank, Frank Avruch, 89-year-old, not in film, an American television personality gang. He was Bozo the Clown. What? Nothing to do with film. Nothing to do with film, but I'm putting him on here anyway. Bozo is dead. Mm. I remember watching Bozo the Clown. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. He's out of Chicago. Yeah. He's yeah. dead. It always, it always bothered me. When no they, more seltzer. The kids would line up. And they would have the they would throw the balls into the cups, right? So those cups would be like further and further away. And if you threw it in the first cup, then you know, all right, you get the ball to do the second one, third one. And you had to make it up to like cup number nine, and nine was the furthest one out. Occasionally, somebody would make it, but the cups had a hard surface, and so the 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 throws to the farthest furthest cup out would hit the hard surface underneath and then bounce out a mm, lot, and terrible. they wouldn't count that. They wouldn't count that. No. It, it has is, to stay in, you know. Yeah. Those rigged carny games. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. one of those kind of games. Those On television. rigged carny mm. games. <laughs> is Cookie still alive? Cookie? That was, it was Bozo oh. and Cookie. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I never liked it with the <laughs> seltzer bottles and stuff. I never laughed at that. What, I what remember you, you just at? because you're like you're like cookie you're like I don't Co- know oh, like no. you're like whatever with cookie Bozo's yeah. dead Bozo's dead <laughs> who cares about cookie Yeah, take a bite out of cookie. Oh dear. <laughs> Bozo's dead. Bozo is dead. All cookie. right, all right. I want to mention an 84-year-old Norwegian actress named Anna Lisa. Now, she did a lot of films in Norway, including a few here in our country. She was in Have Rocket Will Travel, which was a um, science fiction comedy with the Three Stooges. And she was also in a film called 12 to the Moon, uh, a black and white uh, independent film, uh, science fiction film. Uh, Anna Lisa, 84. 
Uh, she died. Um, uh, why don't you Google it? Parasailing. I think I've seen 12 to the Moon. Have I saw you? this strange collection of early science fiction, like at the um, Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. one time, like films from the silent era. And like, I think I might have seen a clip from this. Hmm. Well, then maybe you saw and maybe Annalisa. I saw Annalisa. You're, Annalisa. You're the last person alive to have seen this seen film. Annalisa. I know. <laughs> Probably. I want uh, to mention Deshaun Monique Brown, 49-year-old American actress, mostly young. television. Chicago Fire, Prison Break, but she was also in a number of feature films, including The Unexpected. She was in a movie called The Dilemma, which I never heard of. Mm. It was an American comedy directed by Ron Howard with Vince Vaughn and Kevin James. Never heard of that film. Anyway, she was in It. We also lost 50... Wait, she was in It she, as well? No, not the movie It, right? About the clown? No, the It was the... What, pro, so no. she was in the first It? She was in, not the first It either. The It I was using as a so pronoun. So she was the It girl? To, uh, hmm? No, not... It's been a long day. Let's also bid a fond farewell to (laughs) (laughs) Debbie Lee Carrington, a 58-year-old American actress. She was a stunt woman. She was very small. Um, I was going to say midget, but instead we use the word dwarf. But now you've said it. (laughs) I know. Look at the look I'm getting. What? I believe it's little person. Yeah, I know. Okay. So now it's up to, so I'm not allowed to say, yeah, now it's little person. Well, she was she was little. You've seen her. You just call she, them midgy midgies. Midge, okay. But, Mini uh, midgies. But at any rate, this, this midget has done a lot. I'm sorry. Look at she Christina. Was in, she was Christina in, is so disgusted right now. I know. I, she was in, listen There's to that this, sigh. a lot of television shows. But she was also in films including Return of the Jedi, Total Recall, the original one. I Googled it. She was in the first one. And her, she will look familiar to you if you look her up. And uh, she was in Bride of Chunky and I remember so on. The, she was Chunky. in the bar in the bar scene yes. with the, yes. the lady that had three tits. Yeah, you remember. I'm sorry. I, I want to be yeah. sensitive to them too. Yeah. Try titters. Uh, Debbie Lee Carrington, 58, so she passed away. And, um, and, and Kirk Douglas, he's died. All right. We're done. Good. Dead. Legend. Gone. All right. Well, I guess we should talk about the movie. The movie. Robert? Talk us through it. Yeah. Okay, so Fantastic Woman is about a trans woman who meets, uh, she's, she moves in with a, her boyfriend at the time, Orlando, and one night he has an aneurysm, he falls down some stairs, she takes him to the hospital, and he dies. And that's where the trouble really begins, because his family and everyone that's involved in his life, outside of um, our our hero, heroine, is... Uh, they're they're really angry with her for um, for her existence basically because she's trans because she's uh, she's kind of embarrassed the family and they want to grieve without her and she's kind of stumbling through life in grief trying to reconnect with him and also just trying to put her life back together. Well said. Mm-hmm. That All was right. eloquent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just read it off from Wikipedia. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. No, you didn't. Made it. All right. Well, what do we what, think? What do you think? Oh, your... I thought this was such a beautiful film yeah. and totally deserved the Academy Award. I think it was just, I thought it was really lyrical and like really true to grief. And um, I thought the fantasy sequences in there were really interesting and unexpected. Um, and I thought that her acting was just amazing. I thought the star was, was just wonderful. Um, Daniela Vega, I thought she was beautiful and like so compelling. 
I loved it. I, I knew you great. would like this film, and I, I also knew it. that you would like that one fantasy moment. I thought about you. Which one? When she was walking in the wind. I know that was And so I know that because of the other movie with Patty Cakes, one of your yeah. favorite scenes where she was floating in the air, and that I thought of the parallel, and I thought Christina would like this I moment. I just always find it so interesting when directors choose to do the fantasy sequences. Yeah. And there was another one with the, it's actually on one of the publicity photos where she's kind of being, she's lifted up in the right, spangly. In the yeah, in the club, which at first I thought it was real. And then I was like, no, no, this is like another fantasy sequence. And I was like, how interesting. Like, I always really find those very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny Robert? because the, the wind shot was, is one of my money shots. Me too. And mm-hmm. I would think that the, um, it should be said for anybody that hasn't seen the movie, there's a scene where she's walking and the wind starts to increase more and more and more. And she's eventually leaning into like a, a, you know, gale five force or whatever that is. It's like a hurricane force wind and uh, category five hurricane, whatever you want to call it. But she's like, it's it's blowing her so hard. And it's really just you know, the symbol for how difficult life is becoming and, and trying to take another step forward. And she can't, this huge gust of wind. It was I'll, a beautiful, obviously it was a metaphor. I associated that with pushing the rock up the hill. Yes, You know, that, that going Sisyphus. back to Greek mythology, yeah. right? Yeah. It's the same thing. And it did remind me of Patty Cakes at one moment. I did think of you during that. <laughs> no, that was so also, sweet. even though we shouldn't be talking about money shots yet, but that was one of my money shots as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really, I, for whatever reason, oh, I didn't want to like this movie. Huh. But it won me over. Oh, good. Uh, it was... It was just really well done. So and beautiful. I don't know why. Well, why did you have this preconceived notion of not I, wanting to like and it? And I was asking myself as I was watching the film. I said, I don't know why I really wasn't interested in this film. Uh, but I try to keep an open mind with any film that I go see. And the film really won me over. I think it did some really interesting um, some really interesting things. One, the fantasy sequences weren't heavy-handed. They weren't overdone. Mm-hmm. They were much like patty cakes. There were some little moments where they said... Here's kind of what this feels like, and now let's get back to the story. It, it's not so distracting. Uh, like, uh, what's the 500 Days of Summer? Mm-hmm. There's so many of those, and some of them are fun, but they start to become distracting. It starts to become a gimmick. It starts to become, okay, well, now we're waiting for the next uh, the, the next clever, quirky moment mm-hmm. instead of just kind of almost letting them happen organically. And I really like the way that those were handled in this film. I think the casting was great. I think... Great she casting. was fantastic, and a lot of her her acting was really just kind of staring into space. And I was watching it. I'm going, "This is it's very it's one note throughout." I, mean, it, yes. I shouldn't say one note. Let me rephrase it. it. It's the same note, but it kind of gets louder and louder, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's similar acting in a lot of different shots, but it does build to something. So it's not just it's not boring, but I find that the acting was, um, but it was interesting it wasn't bad it was very captivating and and uh how do i say that like uh, she, it, 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 i think it's that she's portraying these different stages of grief so it's still grief you know throughout the whole thing but it's sort of different nuances of grief yeah but i don't know that i don't know that i would agree that it's different nuances of of different stages of grief it's almost like different Not nuances stages. of the of the same the stage same of stage grief, yes right? no 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 i don't mean different stages i just mean like it's it's, no, I, I don't. I don't mean to say that's what you said. Right. I'm just saying, as if someone were to, to expect, oh, here's the different stages of right. grief. I think they're saying, no, this is one stage, and it's only just a matter of days after the mm-hmm. guy dies. It's like this shock and confusion, and and you you do see different kind of stages, but it's all within that same note, so to speak, or that same song. And you said the it was song lyrical. Is a nice, song yeah. is a nice way to describe it. Um, 
And I, the moment to, for me that blew me away, where I really thought something, and I think they, they actually could have done more with it. Um, there, okay, so she finds a key. Yes, the lock. And she finds a key in the car, and it's got a number on it. She doesn't know what it's to, and it's Orlando's key. Orlando's dead. She doesn't know what this key is to. And she's kind of wondering, what the hell is this key for? And one day, she's a waitress, so one day there's a customer in the restaurant, and the customer has the same key, but with a different number. So she asks, what's that a key to? Hoping to figure out, you know, now I can finally figure out what this key is. He says it's to the sauna, and tells her which sauna, so she goes over, she gets a membership, and she goes in, and she wants to use this key. And to me, I already knew, as soon as he said a sauna, I went, oh my gosh, this is going to be really clever, because she is going to have to become a male in order to kind of put this to, to rest. And I thought that's really interesting that uh, they're now using the gender as a tool for to elevate the film as opposed to it just being about another woman. And there are a lot of these scenes where it could have, it didn't need to be a transgender character. It could have just been a woman that's and right. it could have been shame. An, it could have been any, it, it could have been, except for the reactions of the family. Right. And the, and the, and the, and the shit she has to can I say shit on this show? And yeah. the shit she has to deal with from from the from the cops and the hospital and like all this stuff that obviously is translated. No, I don't think so because a lot if, of it is. Well, yes, she's it totally is, being but persecuted. It, it could have been right. Oh, you know, you were a shady woman, and I mean, let's say she was drug addled or something like that. It could have been done with just a woman, but in this moment, yes, with the key, only she could have played only that yes that. It only could have worked with, as a, with a transgender person. Mm-hmm. And I went, now we're using it. And I was like, this is really cool. That was right. a cool scene. It was a cool scene. So what was in the locker? So, well, hold on. Well, we have to say, is... so she gets the she gets the membership. She goes, into the, she goes into the sauna. She goes into the women's side and dresses in these towels. And then now she has to go to the male side. And we now see her with the towel around her waist, walking like a just a regular old dude and in an effort to get to this locker. And I, I was watching, and that moment, the whole sequence just was captivating. It was so fascinating. She finally gets to this locker. She puts it in, turns the key, and I, right before she turned the key, I said, "There should be nothing in it." She opens it up, nothing. And, and, you're going, and they wow. so and they so fake us out too because they start with the um, they start with that shot of the falls. The whole film stops starts with the shot of the falls of the uh, you know that was tickets tickets to yeah go to, and so and that's right. his birthday present to right. he, he says oh you know I got you I got us this trip to visit these falls it's a natural wonder um, and she, he's like but it's just a voucher and she's like well why is that and he's like I put the tickets somewhere and I have no idea where I put them and she jokes about it and she's like oh you poor senile old man mm-hmm. and so you I you really think because it starts with the shot of the falls that this is she's gonna find the tickets in the locker and. And she's going to take this journey to the falls and it's going to somehow lead to some sort of closure or whatever. No, totally faked us out. Really good. I love it. It did. Yeah. And again, at first I felt, well, there's nothing in there. This whole thing was a cheat. But obviously there's a process of getting there where we saw her when she had to have the behavior, the mannerisms and the look of of a male. So it was an interesting, it was actually a mind fuck that moment where there was nothing in there. We didn't need anything in there. Instead, it was the process of getting her 
to that locker that was so fascinating. But I also think when you when somebody dies, you fixate on these weird things, and like it's going to be the key. It's going to make. It's not like it's going to make it all better, but somehow there's going to be some sort of answer, or there's going to be some last thing, or there's there's some reason that closure. that key is there. There's some sort of closure or last gift or last something. And the fact, but it's, it's odd that you would get closure from opening up. Oh, a but yeah, but you know, and then you know, to go there and it's like, well, life isn't like that. There isn't always the yeah, thing that you're yeah, looking for that's yeah. going to make it all better. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I, I want, by the way, this movie reminded me a lot of my trips to Bangkok. Okay. Ira. <laughs> but you can't just say that. You have to say <laughs> why. Well, you're looking at me right now. Well, no, it's, say it's why. quite common there that there's a lot of uh, transsexuals there. And the rule of thumb is that um, if the woman is truly so beautiful, she's probably not a female. And, and you've been with a true. tranny before, haven't you? Well, no, I have not. I've spoken with them, but I've never, um, I've never, what's the word I'm looking for? Fucked them? It's another way of putting it, Robert. <laughs> oh, suck them off? I think that works. Um, now, Ira, I totally take but, back what I said if you really have been to Bangkok. Have you? Yes. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then yeah. I take back what I said. Yeah. Right. Take back what you said. Because he Why, was like, remind, he says, reminds me of my trip to Bangkok. And I thought he was just no, being no. crass. But no. he really has been to Bangkok. Oh, so that's yeah. fine. Yeah, no. yeah there, are, there is a huge trans population in Bangkok. I, oh, yeah. There's that's a statue of Ira as like number one. I'm at the airport. There's a statue of me welcoming the people. Oh, my dear. arms are, says, welcome to yeah, my home. It's like oh. he, he's given more money to the Bangkok <laughs> industry. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I'm learning a lot about you, yeah. Ira. This Thank is you. good. Thank you. It says our founder underneath. Oh, dear. Interesting too. Obviously, with well, this is going to be another crying game, but obviously in crying game we had that huge reveal—literally a reveal—where the audience was hopefully surprised. But here, there was no such reveal at the top. We all knew what we were getting ourselves into at the beginning of the film. We want to acknowledge too. This was obviously it won the Oscar for best foreign film, first time Chile ever won the Oscar for foreign film. By the way, wait, they didn't the win for Chile, Willie? Oh, that would have been in the history. Of that the would have been a short film. I, I like yeah. this movie a lot. I. I was, I found it quite fascinating. I want to say it was a one-note movie, and perhaps the storyline I'm going to say was a bit thin, but it didn't bother me. I knew it that was, would. I knew. I, that knew, would I knew you knew that. You, yeah. I knew you knew that it was thin. However, it took its time, and it was very. It was very textured. Now, here's a beat where I think we were going to disagree. I found it a little bit too convenient that the family members of the dead guy were so mean and nasty and deplorable that it was it was a I think riding, that's a cultural thing though I think it was a writing device to for, to make for more conflict in fact there was the one person who was sympathetic remember there was one family member yeah. who was more sympathetic Orlando's than the others. brother yes Orlando's brother but the others were almost caricatures and I thought they were just to make so it could propel the story and we could have a stronger conflict. But I think I would have been more interested if there was a little bit more gradation and it wasn't quite so black and white. Can you appreciate that at all? Where I can I can appreciate that. The scene where I can appreciate that the most is that when she shows up to the funeral and all three of our our main family members are in the same car by themselves with no other family member and it's just too convenient like, like in that moment cartoon almost cartoonish yeah it's a little bit i know you mean, but i do think there is a cultural uh bias against trans trans people in in south america i think there's less tolerance about it than there is yeah in i mean i think this is real persecution that a lot of people have to deal with although you can certainly argue that these people together in the car is somewhat coincidental but i do think it seemed unfortunately real 
Yeah, I, I I think that element feels real. I guess you know, as you were talking, I, re- I it finally dawned on me why I think I had a predisposition to not like this film, and I think it's because a lot of a lot of trans films, to me, especially when there's discussion about transgender issues going on, it feels opportunistic. It feels like oh, everyone's talking about this. I know I'll make a movie about trans people, and that way people will notice it more, and or. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be a trans person. And we're talking about such a small percentage of the population that it feels forced. It doesn't feel genuine. Um, and I, I guess that's my problem with it. And, and that's why this movie saved it for me with saying, no, this really is a story about a trans person that couldn't have been told with a, uh, with a non-trans. So I, to me, that, that's what saved the film as being really strong but that the acting was so solid too. it really oh, was the acting was i want amazing. to say that uh, i did quite a bit of research on this and daniela oh, i bet you did you were looking at trannies all night da- all right all right but like transmissions <laughs> car trans- oh. daniela vega was first brought on this production as a consultant hmm. as an advisor hmm. and during pre-production she was asked if she'd consider starring it so how, how about that that is cool yeah just wanted to share that piece of trivia with yeah, you guys she was so good i know i know uh, and by the way, she's an actual. That I was wondering if she was really singing at the end of the film. Yeah. That was indeed her voice. Huh. That she is primarily a singer first wow. before being an actress. The, that was her singing. If it wasn't, I was thinking like the the matching the, the lip syncing was so good. Like, how do you sync it up so perfectly? I was like, this has to be real. Yeah, that's that's she's a beautiful, voice. beautiful singer. Right. Right. And that course paid off too. We had that sweet scene where she's with the the music teacher, mm-hmm. you know, in the first half of the film, I suppose, and wondering, well, will this pay off? And it sure did. It was actually a lovely ending. I like that. Yeah. It was. Um, that was my only issue with it. That you I thought like some... films that have a very cl- a very easy to follow storyline. <laughs> I mean, that's not to say that you don't like films that don't, <laughs> but you like films with an easy A B C. Are you saying I'm simplistic? <laughs> no, I think that you. You very much value films that don't muddle the story. What is A? What is B? What is C? Hmm. Like beginning, middle, end. A dumb. strong through plot. Yes. And I think it bumps you when you watch films that don't. And to a large extent, indie films don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I do think it's interesting. You know, we were talking about winning an Oscar for this film. I do think that it's the one time where Hollywood starts to really focus on. Uh, we'll call them independent films, although a lot of them aren't truly independent, but mm-hmm. films that are a little bit more artistic. And I kind of like that. I like that Hollywood is at least at least keeping up the front of, hey, there are these films that aren't just schlocky, um, cartoonish, uh, what am I trying to say? Like the superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And it would be very easy to say, all right, whatever film dominated the box office should get best picture or something like that or, or that should be in contention and that should be the uh, star wars should win and and maybe star wars should have won but i think a hundred years from now looking back on these films at least it will represent something interesting and thought-provoking it won't just be schlock to borrow one of iris people's words <laughs> <laughs> now he's being anti-semitic my, my, anti- I just borrowed anti- a word. Being anti- so, well, yeah. I, I borrowed like a word also- from dickheads, and all of a sudden, <laughs> dickheads say schlock, right? Oh, oh Christina. Also, also my people, Ira. Also my people. Are you sure? Yeah. You oh, no, you're not. Yeah, you not are? technically, no, because well, let's talk about but my this, father, huh? my father, oh, my yeah, whole, no, whole that, yeah. father says, I know, I know. From mom. doesn't yeah. matter culturally, culturally, by blood. Look. Look how she said culturally. Culturally. Look, my feeling is, if... 
well, I, maybe that's a little that's a little macabre, but you know, I feel like if you, if you would have been sent to a concentration camp, you have a right to uh, to claim a Jewish heritage. <laughs> that's that's say, a great quote. <laughs> I think we all have a little Jew inside of us. Not you, Robert. Well, I, I no, you're the most non-Jew person on the planet. Well, no, I just you know I I eat Jews. You what? So I have some inside me. Um, oh, jeez. Let's talk about yeah. money shots. Any other money? Sh- um, Christina, what was your money shot? I liked when she jumped on the car. Yeah, I think mm. that there were a lot of there are a lot of. I mean, I guess my money shop would, would be the open locker, but since that involves no actors, that's kind of maybe a little strange. Um, but I really liked I really liked when she jumped on the car. And that's a definite money shot for me too. The the jumping on the car, although I didn't like it, it felt oh forced, forced over the top, manipulative. It felt forced for me. I I think people act crazy when people die. Like I think I think all, all normal behavior just goes out the window, and I think the more unhinged people act, the more the more true it is. That's just my personal. View I just of wish it had gone somewhere more. I wish she got had... the dog. There was a consequence. That's what got her the dog back because they thought she was totally unhinged. I guess in the moment, I wanted to see more. I, I guess I wanted some sort of acknowledgement of what she did. It just it felt like there was a button missing on on that in particular. That hmm. scene, it, it bumped me, but it was memorable. And so it definitely will wind up being one of my money shots. I wrote about you. I had three. Number one, we the, the aforementioned walking into the wind. Uh, again, I yeah. thought about you when I saw that scene and very reminiscent of patty cakes. The other one's a quick shot and it literally is on screen for like a third of a second where she's on the bus going to the wake, not the funeral, but the mm-hmm. wake. And she's at the back of the bus holding on to the straps and the camera she's rocking because she's on and the camera slowly pat and she's that determination mm-hmm. it's that determination that the she's graduate. Gonna go that it is like the graduate it is like the graduate, it is like the graduate. Yeah. yes that that fraction of a second moment i thought was just real compelling and number three it wasn't a shot it was more of a sequence where she was uh, stripping for the police where she was stripping for the police, and they yeah, were taking the pictures of her and lifting up. That whole sequence was just so. Awful. Well, you make that sound it, it, like it was like she's doing a, a oh sex, strip tease strip tease. No. no, they wanted to strip her down to see if she had bruises on her yeah. and uh, to see exactly what happened. And it also felt totally exploitative. Of, like, That's it. Do you, did you get your penis removed yet or not? Like they just it just seemed so. Yeah. Yeah, it was like they were. Out to, they, yeah, it seems like they were very much out to humiliate her. Yeah. It was bad. Um, I, I don't. You, think, Robert, this isn't a money shot for me because my money shot is walking in the wind I think jumping on the car will definitely be my money shot and the locker it will definitely be a money shot for me but um, a leitmotif that I really liked in the film and I, I know I'll probably forget about it but uh, I really liked the punching and like the yes that was interesting wasn't it and it was this kind of if you really look there were three times I think three times where she trains kind of trains by herself to punch and the first time she's just kind of air like shadow boxing mm-hmm. And you can tell it's very, I don't know how to do this, but I've got this anger. And the second time, she almost looks like, oh, no, no. The first time, she's hitting the machine. The, the machine, right? yeah. And then uh, the, the little video game in the arcade near where yeah, she yeah. works. And the second time, that's when she's like shadow boxing. And the last time, there's a, a speed bag that's right. hanging in the middle right of by her door. And, and she hits yeah. it as yes. she walks out yes. going, yeah. I got this. And that yeah. thing kind of wobbles. And you're going, wow, she's she's become a fighter. Yeah. And I think that's... That's nice. That little leitmotif kind of also gave uh, more to her character and sense of, of growth. Maybe that's just me projecting that no, growth no. onto it, but I think there's something no, there. No, you're, you're absolutely it. right. And I mean, I was just I was just talking um, in my screenwriting class. It's like a perfect rule of threes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where you can really track what's happening emotionally for the character. I think that's a really good thing to point out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that it gave us something extra to the character that we 
we I, I did put that little touch on it that I guess solidified in our mind that she is a fighter. Yeah. And she became a fighter she became in this a fighter. experience. Yeah. As if she, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice movie. Inter- you know, we all picked the same money shot, didn't we? Yeah, the this, walking in the wind. So visual. Yeah. All three of yeah. us. Yeah. All three of us came up with that. I'm surprised that no one said the the money. Their money shot was in the club doing the big glitzy dance number thing. If that felt a little like they were trying to create a beautiful money shot for me, and there were so many other really natural ones that just kind of occurred. That was such a costumey moment. Yeah. It was like so costume dependent that I felt like most of the film was like I think. I mean, I'm not, and I thought a lot about that sequence because I was like, it, that's just showing her, showing us how dancing makes her feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, that's a very kind of uplifting, literally, moment. Um, but the film isn't really about that. So it doesn't seem if that's the money shot's not really true to the film yeah. in some ways. Agreed. And for me, it almost, the aberration, not it almost the reminded me of that fantasy scene in The Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Yeah. I was thinking the Did same we all thing. think about that? Where, yeah. And I think I told you a few weeks ago that I wanted to buy into that. Yeah. I, and I didn't. I couldn't buy into that. It seemed a little bit goofy. So I did equate it with that. There is a dancing not, sequence in the middle of Shape of Water. Have right. you heard about it, you, Christina? Well, that's right. You're not. I'm going to ruin it for you. But go ahead. Go the, ahead. I don't in mind. the middle of the movie, there, the main actress and the fish mm-hmm. just apropos of nothing they start doing a waltz and oh, it's like a big fantasy it was sequence. like a Busby Berkeley yeah. Oh, yeah, extravaganza nice. and it was it almost laughable but it, it didn't fit. work it, it didn't, didn't fit. really no. oh shame it just kind of took you out like what is this what yeah. is going on whereas these yeah. I, I think these little fantasy moments in a, a, a Fantastic Woman really did fit the walking in the wind it felt so organic it starts out so slow and you're almost like is this is this fantasy what's happening here and then it became such a huge win it built slowly it was yeah great. yeah it was cool can i you know when we um since i'm new to the podcast and you know i'm still figuring out where where i see the films and how i see the films and for this film there were very as we all noticed there were very few opportunities to see it because it was leaving a lot of theaters on thursday right yeah. so i drove over to the west side to the um to the royal mm-hmm. um and here's the funniest thing I, the last time I was at the Royal was half my lifetime ago, okay? <laughs> and it was also the theater that I experienced my first earthquake in. Like, I had just moved to L.A. Did it take I was, you back? I totally, I was having such a, like... Um, Cathartic moment? Or I was, like, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like the same theater, and there was that shock. Like, I, like literally, like, the earthquake happens, or the little aftershock, or whatever, and literally everybody, and I'm like, I, like, stand up in the theater, because I'm like, oh my gosh, is this where we flee? And everybody else just is staying in the theater. Like, no, everybody's sitting down. I was like, oh, I guess we don't die. Like, I wasn't really sure what to do, because I had just moved out here from um, the East Coast. So, and not only that, but, like, there was all this stuff on the wall. It was a Lemley, and I there was all this stuff on the wall about the Lemley and the history of the Lemleys. Oh. Oh, wow. And like I hadn't really it's funny because again the film history class so we just were talking about Carl Lemley who founded Universal in 1915 this was his nephew and the nephew the Max Lemley who founded the Lemley change in 1938 he basically fled the Nazis he was doing representing Universal in Paris fled the Nazis came here and started the whole theater chain which was as I was looking at all these posters and notices so instrumental in bringing international film to Los Angeles like there were these posters there was a theater that they had in Highland Park one of the few Highland Park theaters called the Franklin there was the Los Feliz 3 was theirs until like 1987 and there were these posters for like Battle of Algiers 1966 like we showed our film at the Los Feliz 3 it was just I remember that yeah I mean there were just all these like it was just such a history of international film in Los Angeles and I was like wow a big debt to the Lemleys and their and their wow. film efforts it was cool hmm 
And that's I used the to Royal. go there. I used to go to the Royal on Santa Monica, right by the right, 405. Right, right I used to go there all the time, decades ago, right across the New Art. See, the New it Art was that's where I thought I was headed, and then I was like, oh, this the Earthquake yeah. Theater. I was like, it was really, it was cool. I remember my first few earthquakes in Los Angeles, and Don't they you? were. Uh, I, I remember I was in an apartment building, and we were up on the third floor on top of a hill, so it really it shook. It shook a lot, and it was this old kind of rickety wooden building, so we were expecting it to come down at any time. And when I first moved there, I moved with a couple of dudes, and they weren't from California either. So every earthquake that would happen in the middle of the night, you'd see a bunch of, like, they were all, were all big guys. Like, you know, every, the shortest one is, like, 6'3". So <laughs> um, in the middle of the night at, you know, 2 a.m., we'd all, in our boxer shorts, run into the, standing in the doorway. <laughs> and we're all kind of looking at each other, terrified. And then after three or four of those, you no one a, even gets up you anymore. You get a little blase. Like, yeah, nah, I mean, the, I, I got it. The, it was such a minor shock, but I literally stood up. I was like, oh, and my world ends. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, okay, we watched the movie. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. Ira, you were here for the Northridge earthquake, weren't you? Yep, 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 I sure was. Did you die? No, I, I'm still alive and kicking. Okay. Sort of. Yeah. But you know what's interesting about that is that there was a lot of damage in my condo and things collapsed, fell down. The, the My entertainment center just fell onto the everything. I woke up, I looked at all the rubble, and I went back to sleep. Mm. And everyone thinks that's really odd behavior. But the other people said, you know what, Ira? That kind of... Re- I mean, what could I do? What are you going to do? I, by myself. I live by myself. I knew that there's nothing that could... I would do any good, I might as well get a good night's sleep because it's going to be a hell of a day tomorrow. Yeah. You also told me when the L.A. riots were going on, you were like, huh, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, riots. Eh, eh, riots well, I got whatever. stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> the city's falling apart. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, got to go get my car washed. <laughs> hey, how about them riots, huh? Yeah, All right. yeah. All right, so what do we rate a fantastic woman? Who's going to go first? Let's rate this woman. I, I, I say A. This was just great film. A? All right, Ira, what about yeah, you? Yeah, and again, I did speak about the what I thought was a thin storyline, and I thought that some of the uh, the surrounding characters were... Uh, you're giving me such a look. Oh, Christina. no, no, I'm bl- a mild. Bit, okay, a little bit face, for me, face. to make for more conflict, and better. however, I love the film. I like the acting, the cinematography, the music, everything about it. It took its time. It was so well put together. I thought it was compelling and really powerful. I'm giving it an A-. minus. I would give it an A- minus as well. Uh, I think last week we gave Patty Cakes an A- minus too, and... I, I feel like this is on par with that in terms of entertainment and um, they're different movies for sure but I, I feel like that's an accurate rating for this film and I don't know why but I wanted I wanted to rate this movie like a I went in with a oh, this is going to suck it's going to be what I would say would wow, be like a C I think you have D. an issue about trannies don't I don't you? like trannies that's what's going much. on here I'm very homophobic yeah well we know that <sighs> someday someday that, that will well see it's well, what can we but do? that's not even true you know what it is? Mm. I think movies like, like uh, did you ever see Chuck and Buck? No. Did you ever see that, Chuck uh, and Buck? Strangely, no. <laughs> Why is that strange? I think that's a, a really good, um, a, a film that deals with homosexuality in a very interesting way. Um, and I, I think that film couldn't work if it wasn't homosexuality. And I was really drawn towards a film like that. And homosexuality, transgender issues, I just, I don't like them being 
thrown in just... You thought it was going to be gratuitous. Gratuitous. Well, yeah, you thought it was gratuitous because a lot of the PR focused on that element. Yes. So you were afraid that it was going to be just, it was, that it was going to be, like you said, a shtick, you know? Yeah. And well, then, and that to me is disrespectful to the whole transgender I agree. cause. I agree. Guys, we're dancing around a really interesting question, which a good friend of mine broached a few days ago. Is this popular? Is this movie popular? Did it win the Oscar because of the political climate of what's going on right now? Because trannies are in the media, in the news, and, uh, would this movie have done so well? Would it have won the Oscar if it was released four years ago? I think it would have had a hard time winning the Oscar. Uh, but I think it still would have been... Highly regarded. Yes. Highly and I think regarded, it would have had a oh, release Oscar. in the United States. Right, right. But would it have won the Oscar for Best Foreign Film? I'm not sure. It's a great question, isn't it? Well... Yeah. It's definitely true that the political climate influences the Oscars. But, yeah. you know, I do think that this was very excellent filmmaking. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I would hope that any year it was nominated, it would win. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think I, it also depends on what it's up against. I mean, other sure. films. Sure. I mean, what, what was the Benito, Benito uh, Rob, Roberto Benini, Bellini film, whatever it was, the, what the Life is Beautiful. Life is Beautiful. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think anything else could have won that year, right? I mean, he was just such a charismatic, uh, entertaining figure, and everything was pushing towards. I still remember him running up the seat. I know oh, he stood it was up just on the chair. So we spoke about that, that as one of our best so Oscar moments. Best Oscar And you know what was ever. great about it? It was genuine. Yeah. I know it was not shtick. It wasn't forced. It was no. genuine yeah. and honest. And it was just so much in the spirit of the film yeah. as well. Yeah. So and everyone just, was cheering. Him. I know. It was so cute. Yeah. 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 And so cute. I think in that moment. When he won, I don't know if this movie had come out in that same year, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have won. He he was going to win that year. Sure, he was winning all the the awards building up to. So I think it also depends on what films were absolutely, nominated. absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we reviewed the film. We reviewed. That's the it film. for this week. Good, Good night. Bye. Oh, oh wait. wait. It's Top time for five. And hit it, Vern. And now, wipe off that frown, as we present our countdown. We ain't joshing, and this ain't no jive. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Okay, so this week's top five is top five May-December romances, or as Ira likes to say, May, May, <laughs> and possibly even May romances. All right, so uh, Ira, why don't you kick us off this well, week? Well, you know yeah. what? I'm going to break some rules here no, because boy. I know we're not supposed to talk about our scoops, but I've, I've got to do this. There's a reason why, and it was fascinating to me that I made a list of, of literally 27 films. It's, it's a popular trope trope yeah, you can uh, out trope. there and a lot of movies are made because it's semi-taboo but movies that I've spoken we've all spoken too much about and I made a concerted effort to not include obviously with Harold and Maude and, and, and oh. The Graduate and oh. these are movies that we've talked about I thought about. for sure you, know, you would have had those are on you your being list. serious right yes. now yes. no yeah. but I wouldn't do that and even the movie wait, Manhattan now wait now wait no, no. But I'm you said I wouldn't do that? But I'm yes, you would. Now. You would absolutely No, but I've that. learned from you, Robert, because you come up with a rule, although we're not enforcing it very much, about with our top five, we should not mention films we previously mentioned. Yeah. And I like that, but we've broke, We've all broken that. But I just want to say that it's fascinating well, that so many of my favorite films... It's, it's important to establish why we had that rule. Why? It's so that not every top five list is the same exactly, movie over exactly. and over and over again. So let the I could make Mad Max work for a lot of I know, stuff. I know. So let the record show I'm not including The Graduate. I'm not including Harold and Maude. I'm not including Manhattan. And so many others that we've spoken about, I'm trying to keep this fresh. 
Wait, was the, Harold Maude a May December romance? Oh, totally. Ah, uh, he's kidding. He's <laughs> totally. kidding. He's it's kidding. It's on my list. Yeah, it is, and uh, good. Yeah. I'm glad it's on your list, but it's I decided not it to put it on mine. It does need to be brought up. Yeah. It has. How can it not? I'm going for a cheap shot here with my number five, and it's a movie that really has no class, and I'm referring to the movie called Class. Class? Yes. Are you familiar with no. it? 1983. Rob Lowe and Jacqueline Bissett is in it. Don't know a it. Prep school. She's the teacher. <laughs> it's cheap. It's shallow. It's what, what, you passed jo- up the graduate I, and because yeah, I'm making it for effort. class. But go see the movie class. I could have mentioned so many other films, but I decided to do this one cheap shot with a period level of enjoyment out of this film That's right. with a famous elevator scene with oh. Jacqueline Bissett, and I'm putting that down as my number five choice. All right. Yeah. Joey, what were you, what were you what, Joey, what are you reacting to? Can you come up to the what? microphone here. Does she, is she looking at the poster, maybe? What's up, I was considering putting it on my real or unreal. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Leave that it to me saying, awesome. I've seen it. <laughs> You've seen it and you I, love it. And I have the Blu-ray. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go next. We're going to go clockwise here. Uh, well, counterclockwise, rather. My number five uh, is one of the, the films that I, I think we would overlap with. Maybe we still will overlap, but it needs to be on someone's list, so I'm going to put it on my list. Number five is the 1962 film Lolita. Lolita, I, I, I don't even know where to begin. Kubrick just was so early to this kind of filmmaking. He, he was always at the cutting edge of a lot of that, that kind of stuff, and he just captured such... Uh, man, when you watch that film, you're like, this doesn't feel like it should have been made in the 1960s. It feels like it, it's controversial now. To talk about so even the 1960s didn't feel like it was uh appropriate i guess i don't know but man that movie is good and the performances are rock solid so uh if anyone hasn't checked out lolita it's a really good film yeah yeah it's on my list it, also excellent film very disturbing couldn't put it on my list <laughs> <laughs> um i did put another classic on my list at number five american beauty 1999 american beauty, yeah. because it's like it's such a wonderful film and it's such a well-written film and it's such a a beautiful film in terms of its cinematography and like the set design, like everything about this film is so masterful. And at its heart is, is, you know, a, a grown up who's fallen for his daughter's friend in school. And oh, that is that what the movie's about? The, and it drives the whole film. Uh, yep. Does it ever? Yeah. And the famous, uh, roses, the roses. The yeah. yeah. It's on my list also. Is it? All right. Of course it is. Not nice. yet, but I'm saving it. Right, yeah. Good. Yeah. I think you're going to be impressed with my number, especially after my number five of class, my okay. number four, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Have you seen yes. this film? I bet you're... That's a really good movie. How about that? Yeah. I think I think Robert... I thought, Robert's going to be pleased that I'm putting this down. Have you ever seen it, Christina? I haven't. I, You know, I, I remember um, I remember when it came out, and I was like, oh, I want to see that, and I just never did. It, sounded it didn't good. get enough attention. It, it didn't get good. enough attention, and it's... It, I found it really moving, uh, Steve Carell. Yeah. And, and uh, that was uh, Kara Knightley was yeah. in that film, 2012, and it it's it it really worked. And were they romantic so for all of the film? I mean, they kind of developed a. It romance, developed right? that, but there's a huge age gap, obviously, between these two. And it was it was hinted at, and it wasn't. It was really in the last 15 minutes that you felt more, and they got closer and closer as the end of the world. Mm. It was a very affecting. I need movie. to go back and rewatch it. I remember really liking it, but yeah. I don't remember yeah. much about the film. It's weird how that works. Yeah, watch mm. it again. I really like that movie. Good. That nice, nice pull. All right. Thank you. Uh, my number four is also a classic from 1988, starring Tom Hanks. Big. Mm. 
good one. Wow. Good one. I love Vig. Now that didn't even cross my mind. No, that's a good one. That's eight eight why didn't that cross my mind? Twelve years old. Of course. But he's just in a bigger body. <laughs> That's right. So I applaud you on it's, this. It's, a, it's that, a question. It's it's definitely, it's one of those films. I think films, I get that one. You totally get that one. You and totally get no, that no, one. No, no, no. And it's one of those yeah. films when you watch it and you're like, huh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. How interesting that we didn't yeah. even think of it, Christina. No, it did not but, cross my mind. Uh, kudos yeah. to you. Thanks, man. Thumbs up on that one. We all seem big, but man, it, it that's such a good movie. It's a great movie. Great it's movie. It's so well put together. It's Tom so Hanks well done. is amazing yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. Lovely film. Classic, P- Penny Marshall directed scene. it. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, nice. All right, Christina, what do you got? What's your number four? Uh, it sounds like uh, Harold and Maude is verboten for you guys, but not for Only me. Only for us, but not I for you. I love Harold and yeah. Maude, and I love showing it to students, and they react differently every year. Some years, they, they really gratify me by going, <gasps> Oh, like they really freak out. And some years they're like totally chill about it. Huh. It's yeah. like really interesting. But I love Harold and Maude. I think it's such an interesting like timepiece. Um, it's so early 70s. It's so dark and humorous. And, yeah. and just, it's well, cool. I, think I love that film. It's not that we don't like Harold and Maude. No, you've talked we, about it too much. Yeah, it sounds like. Too much. So yeah, much. yeah. It's, it's my third favorite love film it of too all time. Mu- it, oh, yeah. is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I love it. I really one. love Harold and Maude. I remember seeing it in the theater for the first oh, time you're when lucky. it came out. Yeah, That's I, awesome. I, I, yeah. I know. See, I love that when you have like theatrical experiences where you can be like, I mean, I got to see Star Wars in the theater and I still really relish that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so did I when they re-released it. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> That's the problem. What was that near the opening where his mom's trying to fix him up on one of the many dates and he's in the back, you see him in the back trying to commit suicide, All torch himself. wonderful suicides. I had tears yeah. going down my cheek. Were you in laughing the theater. so hard? I was rocking back and forth with, with my date, Kathy, next to me. And I was rocking back and forth with tears. He's trying to commit suicide in the background. So great good. music, Cat Stevens. Great we should music. Admit, acknowledge the music. Yes, and the, and the mom is such a great character too. Yeah. I still love, let me just acknowledge this, where they, they meet that uh, Ruth Gordon's character would go uh, at a funeral. Yeah. And she was sitting behind Harold. And the first, her first line of dialogue, it's typical Ruth Gordon stuff. The first thing she says is, Psst, you want some licorice? And that writing that he's, she's offering this, you want some licorice? I just, only Ruth Gordon could get away with that line. I just love that writing. All right. Okay. Sorry. What, what, Robert, 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 what? what? Right, nothing. That what? was it. Go ahead. Number three, American Beauty. We're overlapping. Uh, 1999, Kevin Spacey, and again, he was obsessed with his daughter's friend, with his daughter's best friend. The cinematography, the great Conrad Hall. Google him and oh look, at all the, look at all the films he Searching shot. Searching for Bobby Fischer, I yeah. think, is probably the, the greatest lit film I've ever seen. That movie, Conrad Hall is Con- so Conrad amazing. Hall, a very important director of photography. He even goes back to some those early Outer Limits episodes yeah. shot in black and white. He was the DP on those. Uh, great music. Great music. The storyline, best thing Kevin Spacey has done. And um, I still remember the last scene where he is dead, almost a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Like he's content and he's at peace. But it's it's a great film and that's my third choice, uh, American Beauty. You know, I, something about American Beauty, I really like films where they tell you right up front, I'm going to die. And then they're like... Yes, and then they okay. keep you mesmerized the yeah. whole time. Yeah, uh, You know, I think I like about like my life, for example, yeah. and he tells you right at the beginning, like, I'm going to die. And you're yeah. like, oh shit, here we go. And like films like that where they do that... Uh, that always is interesting to me and and I'm always along for the journey and you know how it's going to end up and I don't know I like that All right, my number three is no surprise to anybody Leon from 1994 (laughs) that I left it off All right, now 
There is a poster uh, on the wall. Yes, so there I is. was I was pretty confident that it's one was coming up. a pretty prominent poster. It's a large poster. So I was pretty confident that was coming up. And you know, I applaud you. I'm interrupting you right now, but as far as made us romance, yeah, it, it is a love story. It is. And you don't have to have sex in order for it to be a romance. Absolutely. Story. They even tell each other. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. say I love you. Yeah. They say that. And uh and then she even she says I, I think I'm falling in love with you and he says how do you know it's love? And she says, you know, I feel it in my, and she takes her hands and rubs it down her body. And you're going, oh, shit, where's she going to stop? And she stops at her tummy. She says, I feel it in my tummy. And you're like, oh, that was very sexual. Uh, but it's a, it's a really, it's a beautiful film. There's a lot going on there. And the premise is such an awful premise. If I pitched to you, hey, a, you know, a, a 12-year-old girl is going to go out with a hitman on these, I would be like, that's such a, no, no one's going to believe that. But the way that it's pulled off in the film, you actually kind of buy it. Of like, I could see this actually happening, playing out that way. It's very violent, but all right, maybe. And I, man, that movie's so good. And the extended uh, version has an extra 30 minutes from the theatrical release of The Professional. And, and there's more of them falling in love. They go to dinner. She gets drunk with him. Really? Yeah. Oh. And oh. It's, it's really interesting, like, seeing their... And it's all about them falling in love. Um, so that's what was really cut out. It's, it's extra like 28 minutes or something like that of just them and their relationship. She goes on hits with him and he teaches her more about how to kill people. Hmm. It's, it's a really interesting extra Everybody, 30 minutes. Every couple needs something in common. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. So my number three is Leon. Nice. All right. Um, my number three is a very small indie um, that a friend turned me on to called Timer from 2009 and Never it's heard of it. it's amazing the premise is it's a little sci-fi it's set in sort of alternate reality slash future los angeles and you can get you have the option of getting a timer that will count down to the moment that you meet your true love so you can get a timer or not most people have and then it'll tell them how far away it is how long it's going to be till you meet true love now, the, the protagonist of the film has a timer, but it's blank, which means that the person that she's going to fall in love with doesn't have a timer, so it can't sync up with them. So, and like right before you fall in love, it like beeps, it goes off like a, like a timer, you know, and like that's your person. And it's, it's so much about, you know, what love means and, you know, can you fall in love and know you're going to fall in love? And what if you aren't going to meet your person for like 70 years? Should you not love anyone in the meantime? And what if like you want to live with somebody that isn't your person, but you still love them? And, you know, so it's it's a lot about free will and destiny and, and relationships. And the relationship, the sort of May-December one that I'm referencing is um, the woman with a blank timer um, starts a relationship with this um, grocery checkout guy who's much younger, not like so much younger, but she's like, late 30s and he's early 20s so there's definitely an age gap um that she's like very aware of and his timer is going to go off in like a couple months and so she knows that he's not her guy but like Hmm. you know and she knows he's going to meet someone so soon but they still really dig each other two things two things hang on one you know, I was giving you a face as you first started talking about it. I realized Timer's been in my Netflix queue for a while. That's oh, what, wow. I was like, why does this sound so familiar? It's because I haven't seen it. I've been meaning to see it. So. I love, I really, I find it, I've watched it multiple times just because I find the premise so compelling. And a lot I, I of the performances are I will watch that this week. I need All to watch right, it. All right, do it. And two, you need to see Hang the DJ. I was just going to say that. All right. I'm going to say Because what you're saying sounds like Christina, a Black Mirror episode. Yes. For I'm, real. All right. You need I'm gonna, to see, I'm gonna see Hang the okay, DJ. Okay. I'm going to put it on my I Christina, have some Time Wednesday. I'm going to remind you and send you a text okay, in three you? days. I'm good please at that. Do. I'll be your nudge. All right. Please do. 
All right, I'm putting it on my list again. Yeah, because the premise sounded like a Black yeah. Mirror. Yeah. All right, great. I'm Ira, what's your number two? We're on number two right now. And again, we're doing some overlapping uh, Lolita. I want to say that the... The H- new one, right? The, yeah, well, I want to say the HBO version was pretty darn good. It was a solid film. And the HBO version... However, I'm obviously referring to the original, the Kubrick movie in 1962. James Mason was in a Peter Sellers. Shelley Winters, look at this cast. Peter Sellers, for whatever reason, seemed over the top for that movie. Well... <laughs> he didn't quite fit. I think his character was over... Well, yeah. his character was over the top. But you feel it was poor casting? Well... Kubrick loved Sellers, right? So he would... Sellers was the only... There were two people that he didn't hold to that kind of insane Kubrick standard of you have to do everything a million times and you have to say exactly the words that I want you to say. And that was Peter Sellers and then Arlie Ermey from Full Metal Jacket. Both of those guys got a free pass to say whatever they want. And Peter Sellers, I guess, I I feel like he's doing this weird comedy. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing like this kind of uh, personal... They're not quite in the same film, I guess. I understand what you're saying. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Was that the direction he was getting from Kubrick? Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That, that's I don't the know. only thing that bumps me yeah. about the movie. Yeah. I get Yeah. And I love it. It's on my top five as well. But Yeah. <clears throat> but look at this premise. Marrying Peter Shelley Winters just so you can be close with the daughter. And yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty messed up. And Robert, we spoke about this scene before where, what was her name? Uh, Lion Soup? Uh, Pamela? Lions, Lions yeah. Yeah. And that famous scene where she's on the lawn with the sunglasses with a lollipop, lollipop in her mouth. Yeah. And the sprinklers. Do you remember the sprinklers behind her? There was something so erotic about that moment. How can you not include Lolita? I had to put that as my number two choice for May December romances. Okay, my number two. I, I don't know if you guys are going to have it in yours or not, but man, this movie is so good. Uh, from 2006, Notes on a Scandal. Dame Judi Dench. Man, she was fucking good. Um, I'm just going to read the the description here. It just says, A veteran high school teacher befriends a younger art teacher who is having an affair with one of her 15-year-old students. However, her intentions with this new friend also go well beyond platonic friendship. And it's basically like, um, you know, the it's a teacher-student relationship. And it's, it's a really, really solid movie uh, that... It just hits you. It, it wasn't promoted very well. And I think people kind of talked about it a little bit, but then it went away. And it's not brought up very much, but Judy Dench is awesome. Kate Blanchett is great. She's always good. I think I saw it. It's just been a while. But it, I remember the acting was really good. It, that's what it is. And there's a couple of money shots, too. And the ending is really strong. It's a really, really great ending. So if you haven't checked that out, Notes on a Scandal from 2006. Try to watch that. Nice. Right. Christina, what's your number two? Lost in Translation from 2003. I I love Lost in Translation, and I love how it's directed, and, um, you know, Sofia Coppola does such a beautiful job. It's such a lyrical film, and I love Bill Murray's character, and I love how they explore the city together, and it's it's truly very romantic. I love how they befriend each other. That's all I have to say. Great film. You know, uh, when I saw that movie a second time, it resonated more with me. I liked that movie a lot when I saw it the second time. My number one... Robert, I think this will impress you. All right. And Christina as well. All right, let's try. Ghost World. Oh, I like Ghost World. Yeah. 2001, Thora Birch, Scarlett, I forgot that was Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, way back going. when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, and what's the girl Steve from, uh, from American Beauty was yeah, in that? Yeah, they were Thora Birch. Same, right, Laura uh, Birch. And then, of course, Steve Buscemi. This was a movie, I hated to see it end. I hated, I was so 
it just it was resonating with me, and I, I still remember beats of that film and in the in the ice cream truck with all that was going on and setting him up at the beginning and doing kind of mean things and it became a relationship story and I thought it was just a really really fascinating good movie yeah, it's based I on a that comic film. book yeah. yeah yeah Ghost World it's my number one uh, choice for May December romance alright my number one is a movie I don't know if you've seen Ira but it's the first thing that popped in my head when you said May December romance and I went wow and you have got to see this movie because you would really really like it a lot you would like it I know um, from 2006, Venus. Have you seen it? Never Starring it. Peter O'Toole. I love that film. That's a nice film. Man, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. And it's, uh, I, you know, I'm, all I'm going to say is, Ira, just go watch Venus this week. That's your homework assignment. We need to have a new segment on the show called Ira's watch Homework I. Assignment. <laughs> what should Ira watch this week? And Venus needs to be on your list. Great film. You will, you will thank me, I promise. By the way, I just flashed on another Peter O'Toole movie that fits his May December. Have you guys ever heard of a movie called Creator? Does that mean anything to you? Mm-mm. Yeah, no. I think it's, we I think we heard it in I a real or unreal a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, Venus, Venus. Yes, I will look into it. Venus was her name. It's good. Venus in blue jeans. I always have to sing, don't I? I wish you didn't. <laughs> All right, Christina, what do you got? What's your number one? Um, uh, one of a film that I genuinely adore, um, Beautiful Girls from 1996. Um, Beautiful Girls. I, Natalie Portman plays Marty, a 13-year-old, and um, uh, T- Timothy Hutton plays um, Willie, who's kind of coming back to a small town um, from being a pianist in the big city and there's like such a connection he's in his 20s and trying to there you know he he and a bunch of friends they're all trying to move on in their lives and some of them have and some of them haven't and um all of them are obsessed with beautiful girls and he and this 13 year old like have this connection and they and he can't deal with it and she jokes about it and she's her character the natalie portman character is so amazing and there's it's just a it's, it's a fun film. I haven't seen that in a long time. I, I really love that film. Great film. You know, as you're talking, it kind of reminds me, there's a lot of films that are out there that don't even address that they're May-December romances. And I'm, I'm thinking about almost every movie that either Al Pacino or Robert De Niro is in in the past 20, 30 years. Because totally. they always pair them with someone who's yes. like 24. Oh, yes. Like almost every, like practically every Hollywood film is like, you know, I, I was like, well, which ones aren't May-December romances when you start to break it down? Like I was like, well, there's Bogart and Bacall, like The Big Sleep. There's like a 25 years year difference. Yeah. And, and even in the film, the parts they're playing are obviously, he's significant, like twice our age. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's obviously, the, you know, Hollywood convention to cast much younger women to be the love interests of the dudes. So a lot of May-December. There you go. Yeah. So let that be a lesson to all the ladies. Don't get old. (laughs) And when, when, when right, right, producer Joey. Mm, Yeah. We'll work on that. Getting old is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. it is. (laughs) Hey, I guess we (laughs) did it. Even Casablanca. You know, that there was an age gap. Casablanca. Whatever. Seriously, no, no. Yeah, that was on one of my lists. Not my list, but like. It was on a list of like May December because yeah he's yeah. he's he's a lot older absolutely and there's so many Finding Nemo <laughs> even mm. even even My Fair Lady oh yeah my fa- I my almost fair, I almost included that you know and with my and not in Pygmalion where she ends up with Freddie but right. instead in the film version totally. she ends up with Professor Henry Higgins I know get dude, me my slippers I know look it's, at this it's huge not a, age gap and in that it's film. not a it's not a very good relationship it's I, not I, I would it's, advise her against I personally. yeah well that yeah yeah. 
Hmm. I read that play recently. It's really sexist. It's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Sexist? It, yeah. Derogatory? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that amazing? Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a weird oh, one. Okay. What? What, okay. Robert? We did it. Yeah, we did it? Oh. There are a lot of films. A lot of, a lot of, we had a lot of scripts. Ira, Ira has a couple more pages of films that he'd like to go through. No, I'm, I'm, I had like 29 of them, no, but we mentioned true. somehow most of them, and some are 42. Just so many films, and it's interesting there were a lot. What, what, oh, what, I what, did find what? the largest age gap. Okay. The, lar- wait, wait. the, la- the largest okay, wait. age gap. Okay, okay. Uh, Harold and Maude. No? There's a, first of all, tell us how many years um, difference. 2000. <sighs> 700. Oh. All right. Wait, wait, wait. wait. And, and 12. All right. Well, this is either going to be, what's that movie, The Fountain? Or what's that movie where they, that was over time? It's got to be a time oh, thing, right? Oh, the time travel. It was. um. Wasn't it Tom Hanks? 2003. This is a time thing, right? It's not a time travel Benjamin, thing? Not Benjamin Button. Oh, like a vampire or something, brother? Oh. She's, a, she's not human. She's a vampire? Nope. She's an elf. Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. Uh... Aragorn and Erwan. So it's not the center of the film, but they have a romance. He's 88. She's, my husband looked this up for me, 2,800 years old. That's an age gap. Oh, that's really hot. But doesn't, you know, doesn't bother them at all. <laughs> hey, what was it like 2,000 years ago? <laughs> uh, I can barely remember. Yeah. Seems like 1,000 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, hey, we did it. Yeah, we did it. All right. And there's an ambulance. There it is, just in time to wrap things up. Fuck out of here. All right. Well, uh, I guess if anybody likes our top five or if they have some other May December romances that we've forgotten about and they want to suggest them, they can do that by sending us an email to robert at antiwavepodcast.com or and slash or ira at antiwavepodcast.com or Christina. At anywavepodcast.com. Yeah. Or you can send us a message through Twitter, which is, or Instagram, both of which are at, at antiwavepod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? We truly are. You can find are. us on iTunes, we're on Stitchers, we're on Google Play. And you can also check us out on the website, antiwavepodcast.com. Yeah. Or in Tell a Friend, or two. Or three. Wow. Bunch of people. If we have that many friends. <laughs> If you have more than three friends. I think, yes, I will look for some friends. That will be my homework for next week. <laughs> that should be everybody's homework every week. And uh, we have a film called 30 Love. If you want to check that out, you can uh, you can check it out on Amazon Prime. Uh, you can also buy it through iTunes or you can buy the DVDs. And if you buy those DVDs through our website, then you can get a little special 10% discount if you're an anti-wave listener by typing in the promo code anti-wave. So where do they go? The website is? Uh, 30lovefilm.com. Good. That's it. That's it. All right. Hey, that was solid, guys. I want to thank producer Joey for doing a band. Yeah, producer Joey. (laughs) All right, nicely done. So until next time, keep watching movies, and we'll help you sort them out. Sort them out. Yeah, there it is. Right on cue. She's still fucking alive, and it blows my mind that she's still alive.